0: You are listening to a Hillbilly Horror Stories classic episode.
1: Welcome to Hillbilly Horror Stories. Now welcome your host, Teddy
0: Polly and his lovely wife Tracy. I hear she's a lovely girl. <laughs>
1: Hello, this is Heidi from Sweden, and you are listening to Hillbilly Horror Stories. You look like an angel, walk like an angel, talk like an angel, but I got one. Skies, or you are,
0: never in the skies. Mm-hmm. To episode 36 of Hillbilly Horror Stories, I'm Jerry and I'm joined by my lovely wife Tracy. What's up yo? And man we've got an action-packed well, it's probably not action because we're just talking. Yeah, seriously. So we a, time we to get
1: ready to do some ninja moves or something. We
0: have a verbally packed show for you. <laughs> <laughs> we're actually going to tackle three different subjects. Well, if we're tackling, so that is action. Man,
1: packed. you just ready to get it on, I think.
0: <laughs> I did get my Cialis today. You did? Mm-hmm. So uh, ooh. maybe I am ready to get it on. All
1: right. We can do a commercial.
0: <laughs> we only got one bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> um, but but here's what we got. We don't have any interviews or anything tonight. We uh, are going to have next week. I want to bring this up before we get into this show. Next week, we're going to be talking about Wind- Rendlesham Forest over in uh, Great Britain. That is probably the biggest UFO incident in the last 30 years. Well, it was in 1980, so I guess it's 37 years.
1: Man, that don't even sound right.
0: But there there is so many multiple people that seen what was going on, all kinds of cover ups by the, uh, uh, the United States government. Uh, even though it was over in England, it was on one of our Air Force bases. And, uh, we're going to bring the guys on from Don't Break the Oath podcast. They're from over in Great Britain. They know a lot about this story. So. I thought it would be kind of cool to bring them guys on, so we'll tell you a little bit about it, and then we'll bring them guys on, and we'll sit and talk a little bit about some stuff that maybe I don't know that they know, and we'll have some fun with it to give a chance to be able to see. If you haven't listened to their show, you'll be able to see what these guys are all about, and we're kind of excited about this. It's our first joint effort with another podcast, and then we'll sometime a month or so down the road we'll do the same thing with the uh, the young ladies with and that's why we drink so that's in the works as well
1: that will be a lot of fun
0: yeah them them young ladies are a lot of fun to listen to you can't help but to laugh as you're as you're listening and learn a little bit along the way and the same thing with the guys that don't break the oath so I'm excited to have both of them them on here to be able to represent their podcast and do a, a conglomerate effort yeah what he said jail um so here's what we got tonight we have three different stories. And the first one is going to be on the Whaley House. Now, Whaley House is actually – a lot of different organizations list this as the most haunted house in America. Uh, If you look at some of these ghost hunter shows from like – I can't remember what the one over in the United Kingdom is. uh, I think it's – london's most haunted or england's most haunted they've actually came over and crossed the uh, the ocean to come do stories on this so it's pretty well known worldwide then we're going to discuss the poltergeist movie curse which i think is a pretty cool story in its own and we're going to end this with a story that's going to make one australian very happy because he's been asking about this for several weeks and i've teased it a little bit we're going to talk about elvis presley and the occult so that's what we got
1: Man, I love his lips.
0: Well, his lips are satanistic. So, oh, there you go.
1: Well, I could suck the satanistic whatever you said out of his lips. Oh. Um, don't, I don't go there. Have don't have anything go there. to prove that. No. Okay, go. <laughs> Ow. Oh. Well, never mind. Mm. Let's get going with this story here.
0: <sighs> Wasted money on Cialis, anyways. <laughs> so let's talk about the Whaley House first. And we're gonna save Elvis for the for the last. But the Whaley House is in San Diego. And, you know, I've always been told that San Diego means a whale's vagina, but obviously uh that was misquoted, and it's a Whaley's vagina. <laughs> it that, that?
1: I didn't see what you did there.
0: <laughs> the Whaley House is the oldest brick structure in Southern California. It's in San Diego, obviously. It was built in 1857 by Thomas Whaley, and the Whaley family actually lived there for 95 years. The last living member of his family uh, passed away in in 1953, so that's a, a long time.
1: Yeah, I guess the, there's nobody left.
0: No, no nobody living in that house. I'm sure oh, he's got oh, descendants and stuff. Left. Yeah, okay. But why is the house so haunted? There's all kinds of reasons why this can be the case. First of all, it was built on an Indian burial ground. It'll that's do it. that's never good.
1: Yep, that always
0: turns into hauntings. Yeah, just like the Poltergeist movie. Remember they were yeah. built on an Indian burial. Yeah. Ground. And then, on top of that, it was also, directly where the house was built, it was the gallows at one point where several people were hung. Oh, no. So, you had any barrel ground. Then you had gallows where a bunch of people were hung.
1: Okay. So, did these people know this
0: before? Did they know they were being hung? Probably, because they were standing with a noose around their
1: neck. No. No. I mean, did they, people that, did they know this about? the burial place well, I mean, and all was, that before they, they probably, bought the house or built well they built it? the
0: house on it and they probably didn't think about it they probably didn't know that and and back then these things were so common it probably wouldn't even a factor well that's the craziest thing i've ever heard every week can't be the craziest thing you've ever heard
1: well that's crazy though
0: <laughs> so they built this house and uh This thing has been since the house was built and since they've, they've come and gone. It's, it's been everything from a church to city hall to the courthouse, which they still have the courthouse in there. It's kind of cool. They have like, if you see pictures, they literally have like a courtroom inside this house and it's just as nice as any courtroom you've ever been in.
1: Oh, wow. This place must be pretty. I guess it's pretty big. I guess then.
0: Yeah. It's pretty big. And the thing of it is, like I said, we talked about it being the gallows and this is, they think the first hauntings go back to a gentleman by the name of James Robinson. They called him Yankee Jim. The funny thing about him was he got caught stealing a boat and was sentenced to death.
1: Did they hang him, you said? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: Why is that That's funny? not
1: funny because, get it, Yankee? Like, yank his neck?
0: Oh, that was a bit of a stretch. <laughs>
1: I'm sorry, I quit interrupting you.
0: Actually, it really wasn't a bit of a stretch. And what you're going to find out is the reason that, that they think that he hunts the place is because, see, Yankee Jim was about six foot tall. Mm-hmm. And back then, the average guy was about five, six or five, seven. So when they actually strung him up to hang him.
1: His feet his, touched the ground. His
0: toes actually touched the ground. So it took him an hour to die.
1: Oh, get out.
0: Yeah, it took him an hour to die.
1: That's
0: so mean. Now, Anna Whaley, who was uh, uh, Mr. Whaley's wife, Thomas Whaley's wife, she used to write down in her journal that she saw ghosts in the house. And most people seem to think that it was Yankee Jam that she's seeing. What?
1: I'm still... Picturing him hanging with his feet touching the ground—that just sounds.
0: Well, so it wasn't like he was standing up. It's like his toes were barely touching. I know, but were. that's
1: just—that's just like mean.
0: But Sorry. There, there was a lot of death in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, their 22-year-old daughter Violet committed suicide Aww. with her dad's pistol. They had a son who died of scarlet fever at 17 months old. On top of all the other stuff that that went wrong. Of yeah. course, Mr. Whaley died in the house. Miss Whaley died in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually even had a uh, four-year-old, I think niece, I'll get into that a little bit, that actually died of poisoning in the house. Oh, Lord. So there was a lot of death inside this that house. It
1: is not a happy place. No.
0: So they say now that, that when you're growing around there, you'll smell cigar smoke, which is from Thomas Whaley. Mm-hmm. And you'll also smell lavender perfume, which is from Anna Whaley. One of the tour guides saw a doll on one of the tours. This is kind of a a cool story. It was like one of these antique porcelain dolls. Mm -hmm. And they were going through, and he was he was with a couple other people. And he thought he saw it blink. But, you know, there's dolls that do that. Yeah, yeah. And so he kind of didn't think anything of it. But then an, an older lady that was on the tour with him, she said, I saw that doll move. So he's like, okay, I'm not nuts. I've, you know, somebody else saw it. You
1: too. mean more than her eyeballs?
0: Yeah. She just said she saw it move. Well, he went back later after the tour and he went and picked up the doll and the eyes were painted on. Oh. <gasps> yeah. So there's no way it could have been blinking. Whoa. But there's been a couple of different tour guides that have seen dolls blink and found out that the eyes were painted on. Oh my gosh. Now I told you about the, um, uh, the little girl. It was four year old Marianne Reynolds and she supposedly ate ant poison. And they say you can hear a child crying at nighttime, and then when you're walking in that room, it's like the dining room, one of the dining room areas, someone will hold your hand sometimes. Aww. You'll feel somebody reach out and hold your hands.
1: No, poor thing. Now,
0: in the courtroom, they say there's really strange cold spots, mm-hmm. and you can feel an apparition touching you. Well, I don't guess you feel an apparition touching you. You just feel somebody, something touching you. Yeah. Now, some of the people in there say that they'll see a gentleman dressed really nicely um, walking through the courthouse. Mm-hmm. That's the only place you'll see him, but you'll see him walking through back and forth through the courthouse. And part of the problem, I think, with this is they think that could be Thomas Whaley. And the reason for that is he built this courthouse with his own money mm-hmm. to be used for the city and then, like, three years later, they came, decided they were going to build Newtown San Diego. And they came in while he was gone, when they broke in. And they took, like, all the important paperwork. They took all, all the documents, any kind of uh, thing that the city would have. They came in and just took all that from him. Wow. So he kind of, he, he battled with the new town for the rest of his life with legal situations wow. and stuff, trying to, you know, get what was rightfully his and back. Yeah, that's back. Now, there's also a dog, a little terrier by the name of Dolly.
1: Dolly. Yeah.
0: Yay. And this little dog apparently can be seen all over the place, just wherever they, uh, whatever rooms they're in, outside. One time, one of the tour members, uh, tour guide said that he was on a tour, and he saw a lady. She was just kind of off on her own. And it was almost like, just picture there's nothing there. But picture somebody pretending to pet a dog yeah, and yeah. saying something, and one and and the guy kind of looked at her and he said it's kind of odd, and the guy said, "You think that's odd? You should go lean in and listen to what she's saying." And he he kind of went over close to her and kind of leaned in, and he could hear her saying something like, "Pretty dog, nice doggy, and stuff like that." So,
1: oh my gosh, that would well be cool though to see a doggy.
0: Yeah, there's a couple of pictures and stuff if you go look up online. There's a bunch of pictures of apparitions and and. Uh, things that are going on actually in the house, but there's also an apparition of the dog that somebody caught on camera in one of the hotel rooms oh, like man. standing in front of a nightstand pretty cool
1: that is cool
0: there was a young lady she's a psychic and I can't remember her name but she was going to do one of the uh the tours of the house she went through on a regular basis she said one day she was outside and she was talking to this lady came up you know dressed in colonial uh attire real pretty young lady and said so she talked to her and she was asking if she liked the house and what she thought about it. And, and she said, I had about a 15 minute conversation with her and she said, she went inside and I just hadn't seen her there before. And I've seen most of the people. And, uh, I went inside and said, well, you know, I'm thinking it's an intern from one of the colleges or something, you know, for the summer. And when she spoke to the regular tour guide and said, Hey, the young lady out front and described her and, you know, said, she's really knowledgeable. She's a great fit for you guys. And they said, well, we don't have anybody that fits that description. And so apparently she's thinking that it could have been the daughter that committed suicide because she was about 22 years old. And
1: I get, well, I know that's dumb, but I guess they wouldn't be have pictures of them in the.
0: Actually, they, the they did have a picture of her, so it's not that dumb. Oh yeah, they had a picture of her, and she said it looked a lot like the girl she saw. She couldn't say for sure it was the yeah. same same person, but it looked a lot like the girl that she saw.
1: That's so amazing.
0: So that is the Whaley House, which you think we probably have a whole lot more to get into with the most haunted house in America. But
1: yeah, but that don't sound that bad.
0: Well, there's just a lot of different spirits there. So, yeah, you know when you but start, it's
1: like, not like mean. No,
0: no, that's what I'm, and that's why we really don't get into too much more of it because there's nothing.
1: Yeah, nothing.
0: Malevolent about it. Yeah. But I do want to take the time to give a couple of shout-outs. I we get them in early this week. And the first one I want to give out is Tim Mullins. Tim is in Texas, and he sent us a really cool show intro. He put some effort into it. It's got some special effects, and we're going to use that in a couple of weeks.
1: Yeah. Thank you. That was that was pretty amazing and really creepy at it the same really time. It was really creepy.
0: But – I will give you an A for effort because you put some, you put some thought into this and yeah, made it, it, was really, made it awesome. really cool. So we love it. Yeah. And, thank
1: you so much. And Jimmy. as
0: usual, our Texas people come through for us. I also want to give a shout out to Brian Mullins. Brian actually lives in Ohio and listens on a regular basis.
1: Thank you, Brian.
0: Jim Tapp, who also lives in Ohio and who I have loaned my spirit box to that he's going to use next Friday night and teach me how to use it properly.
1: Oh, get out of here with that.
0: And Mary Chapman from Vermont, which I didn't know people actually lived in Vermont. I thought that was just a rumor, but apparently there's people who live in Vermont.
1: <laughs> well, thank you, darling. We're
0: glad you listened. Those are the shout outs for this week. I want to say um uh, other shout outs. To just anybody who's bought our t-shirts this week, there's been several of you. I know, uh, Bree got one. Andrea got one. Karen up in Canada got one. Thank you. And she's a retired nurse and also a ghost hunter. Oh, and, um, yeah. We, and it we, looks we, awesome too on
1: you. We've been, All ta- of you guys. We've been
0: talking to her and, and Ness and, and, uh, that's their little group up there and trying to help them get started with a podcast that they, I've been giving them some information on equipment and what have you. But, um, these young ladies are dynamos. I love the fact that they are not dinosaurs source tracy don't say that i said dynamos (laughs) i'm sorry you're listening tracy can be rude at times Mm -hmm. (laughs) i
1: did right before that if you recall i said y'all looked awesome in your shirts that's what i said (sighs) so quit playing
0: anyways and if andrea's listening uh you need to send me a picture in your shirt because you keep putting me off but i love you anyway (laughs) (laughs) um we wanted to also Say thanks to, for the iTunes reviews. We've had a bunch of iTunes reviews. Keep them coming. Uh, we understand not everybody can support the show financially. And like we've said before, we are 100% okay with that. Spend your money on what you need to spend it on. We all got bills and, and what have you. But if you have an iPhone or if you have iTunes, if you can take a couple minutes and give us a review, it really helps the show out. Somewhere down the line, we hope to get advertisers. Uh, and to get advertisers, you need to have listens, and a big group of people listening, and the way that that word spreads is by the reviews. Uh, people have a tendency to just look at a show, look at the reviews, and decide if they're going to listen or not based on reviews. So that's why it's such a big deal to us, and it, it really helps us grow our base out there. So if you can do that, greatly appreciate it. Yes, we do. Financially, we also want to thank everybody who has helped us out uh, with the donations and stuff. Like I said, if you just want to throw a couple bucks our way, we use it towards the show. That's pretty much what we use it for. We use it to uh, – uh, we've sent out – getting ready to send out a couple of T-shirts to some people in the military overseas, mm-hmm. and we actually use some of that money for that. And we use our own money, but we use that to to supplement it. Uh, but we also uh, had a banner made that we're going to use at Scarefest. And that's, like I said, we, we're doing everything that you guys give to us. We put right back into the show. Hopefully you're, you're digging the new microphones and sound equipment we got. If I can keep Tracy close enough to the mic, we can make it sound like we actually have two microphones.
1: Well, I feel like it makes me sound extra twangy.
0: Well, that's what it is, what it is.
1: Okay. But anyway, I just want to say we so appreciate you guys getting our shirts. You guys do look awesome and it's so exciting knowing. We have everybody this, you know, out of the country and other states and I just I don't know, it's just so thrilling. Yeah, we have it's shirts it's such an honor. We for have you all shirts to do in that.
0: five countries right now.
1: Yeah, we're we're just very very excited about that and I can't thank you enough for doing that. I show everybody I'm like, well, hey look, they're wearing our shirts and you know, <laughs> it's just so exciting.
0: Okay. Let's get into the poltergeist movie curse. Have you heard of the poltergeist movie curse?
1: Um I have not, actually.
0: That somehow doesn't surprise me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I figured you would say that. (laughs) Had
0: you ever heard of the Whaley House?
1: Yes, I did hear of the Whaley House. Have you
0: heard of Elvis Presley?
1: I love his lips, and I love how he gyrates.
0: Let's see. It's evil.
1: Evil. But it's hot.
0: Yeah, Satan's hot. That's what happens down in hell. Everything's hot.
1: Oh, I I don't mean it like that. I still love
0: Elvis, whatever you say. Poltergeist movie curse. Now... When Poltergeist came out, it came out in June of 1982, a Steven Spielberg movie. Before Poltergeist came out, there really wasn't a lot of high-tech special effects put into horror movies. Everything was just kind of the slasher films, Halloween, which there's nothing wrong with those movies. But, you know, Steven Spielberg was able to take a horror movie and put in this type of special effects like they had in Star Wars. And make something, you know, if you if you remember the actual Poltergeist when it came out and everything, and and you know the the little white ghostly type image all stretched everywhere. I mean, it was something that that nobody mm-hmm. else had, mm-hmm. and it made it a blockbuster hit. I think where this really starts to happen, and this is if you listen to anybody that that was around the set, they think what caused the curse. And some people will say it wouldn't curse; a lot of coincidences, but. What they think really caused the curse is messing with dead. You don't mess with the dead. And Steven Spielberg, there's a scene in the movie. It's kind of a really creepy scene. Uh, Joe Beth Williams, she goes out at the end of the movie or, or near the end of the movie. They're having a swimming pool built. It's pouring down rain. The, the hole that's, that's going to be the swimming pool, it's just, you know, dug out still in the dirt, but it's full of water. She goes out. She gets in this pool, which she didn't want to do. Steven Spielberg actually had to get into the pool with her. To no get her kidding. to do it, and it took her. She said this took like three days to do, and it's nothing but mud and slop, mm. and and so she was. She said she was covered in mud for like three straight days. But she gets down in there, and if you remember the scene, you see a, a skeleton kind of float up to the water, and he's right face to face with her, and she screams. There's another part of it to where you see a coffin kind of come up straight, straight up from underneath the water, and then it opens up, and like a, a woman's body falls out of it. It's no a, hell it's a, no, you know. Because this thing was supposedly was built on top of a burial Burial. ground. yeah. Mm -hmm. And what she didn't know until after the fact was they used real skeletons.
1: (gasps) They did. These were
0: actually human skeletons. And the reason Steven Spielberg gave for it was that it was cheaper to buy the real skeletons than it was to have them made out of the plastic and and whatever else they would use to make them.
1: Where do you buy real skeletons at? I have
0: no idea. I have no idea. That
1: is bizarre.
0: How many bones that cost?
1: <laughs> oh, I don't know, but that is so bizarre. I didn't know you could even do that. Well, I mean, why would you do that? But
0: I don't know why you'd buy them. There's a lot of people. All you got to do is open their closets, and there's plenty of them in there. <laughs> Just snag them.
1: <laughs> that's true. That's true. But, yeah, but, that would have freaked me out if I'd known that.
0: But that's, that's what people think really caused all the problems. So, you know, when you're talking about the curse – there's a, a bunch of different stuff that goes in this. Joe Beth Williams, for example, she said that after all this, while they were still filming the rest of the movie, they went. She would go home, and at the end of the night, when you know from filming, she'd go home because she lived in the area, and she said all of her pictures on the wall would be turned, not like like crooked, and she would straighten all of them up, but they would be crooked every night when she came home, even though there was nobody else living there.
1: Oh my And it was gosh. never a
0: problem before, and it was never a problem afterwards. It was just shooting the film. Then you've got uh, Dominique Dunn, who was the 22 year old actress that played the older sister in the first movie. And just months, a couple months after the movie was released and became a big hit, she was actually strangled to death by her abusive boyfriend. What? Yep. He actually picked her up in a yard. By her throat and carried her to the next yard. This stuff, most of it happened right out in public. He got convicted of manslaughter, and he only spent four years in jail.
1: Of course he did.
0: Yeah. Then the little boy, there's the scene where the clown attacks him. Remember, it's raining mm-hmm. and everything, and he's kind of scared of the clown, it's sitting and then all of a sudden it's right up on him. This thing malfunctioned. And while they were filming it, and they didn't really realize they just think he's, you know, this kid's a great actor. And but this thing had malfunctioned and was actually choking him. And they eventually had to go over there and pull it off of him. Oh my word! Yeah, that was one of the things that happened.
1: Well, now I I know that little girl died too. The little blonde headed girl.
0: Yeah, that's later in the story though.
1: Oh, did I just run it?
0: No, (laughs) no. Most people already know, but oh. So three years later, during the filming of the of the first sequel, Poltergeist Two. There were a bunch of fires and accidents that just randomly happened on the set. So Will Sampson, I don't know how many people remember Poltergeist 2, but Will Sampson was an American Indian, and he played a shaman in the movie. So he would you know, kind of do the rituals and stuff like that. That was part of what that movie was. He's Creek Indian and, and a shaman by trade. So he actually did an exorcism on the set. It was called a Cherokee Crow cleansing ceremony. Sort of, you know, like an exorcism. But it was was something that Native Americans did to Mm -hmm. cleanse the set because he said there was something wrong with that set. Well, just months before the release, Jillian Beck, which Jillian Beck was the old guy. Do you remember the old guy in the very first one that he was like the preacher? He was walking head to head. He's like, hey, little girl, is your daddy home? Yeah. You remember that? Mm -hmm. He died of stomach cancer. Pretty much Right after in nineteen eighty six, right right around the time that that movie was released, then, I mean, did
1: he know he had cancer?
0: No, I mean he did, but it's just, oh. you know, that's why some people say these are just coincidences.
1: Oh, okay, because
0: all these people just starting dropping like flies. Richard Lawson, he was in the first movie. He was one of the guys in the first movie. He was in a plane crash, and he was in a plane crash where like twenty six people died and twenty four people lived, and he was one of the ones that lived. So. You know, once again, there's somebody else tied to some horrible disaster. And then William Sampson, the guy, the Indian we were just talking about, who did the, the thing, he died at 53 during a heart and lung transplant. <gasps> so, this is crazy. Then you got Poltergeist 3 that came out. Which well, a horrible movie, by the way. I
1: really. didn't see that. I don't yeah. even think I've seen number two. It was
0: a horrible movie. Two was Okay. Three was horrible. Three, the little girl went to go live with her aunt and uncle, which I can't remember the girl. She's redhead chick that you've seen before, in movies and stuff. And they went to live like in a an apartment building, like a high rise apartment. It was it was horrible. But about the time that was done, Heather O'Rourke, the little girl, she was kind of sick. Uh, the movie had already been finished for the most part, and she was kind of sick. They rushed her to the doctor. And they weren't really sure what it was. It turned out to be uh, some kind of a bowel obstruction and she died on the operating table.
1: Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? I didn't know how she died. I just, I just knew she did.
0: And then they, they actually buried her in the exact same cemetery as Dominic Dunn, the, the young lady that was killed by her boyfriend, the abusive really? boyfriend.
1: Really? God, oh, that's so sad. What so, a sad thing.
0: That's the Poltergeist movie curse. A lot of people just, you know, because and it would not just, you know, it was the deaths of the people.
1: So I wonder what Steven Spielberg thought about all that.
0: Uh, he's thinking, I sure have made a lot of money on these movies.
1: Well, I'm sure he did. But, I mean, in his mind, I wonder if he was like, what the hell?
0: Well, I'm sure most people just consider it coincidences. I mean, it's horrible, but yeah. it is what it is. That is terrible, and I don't think I don't think Steven Spielberg really had anything to do after the first one. I
1: oh, you? Oh, no, you don't? No, no, oh, I don't okay. So. I didn't know that.
0: So now, what? So many people have been waiting. for. I can't tell you how many people have actually brought it because I, I probably brought it up since what the episode twelve when we or episode yeah. nine? Yeah,
1: a long time. I think
0: episode nine when we did uh, rock and roll and the occult, and I and I want to bring this up to some people because I notice there's a lot of people listening. New listeners They're listening to the new show, but not everybody is going back listening to the old shows. And there's some really good stuff in there. If you guys haven't heard it, we've got two shows on rock and roll and the occult where if you like what we're doing here with Elvis, then you'll probably want to go back and listen to episodes nine and 12. If you haven't already, because we talk a lot of the same stuff, but it's a little more diverse. We, we actually talk about several people and uh, we do a, uh A breakdown of Stairway to Heaven And uh, a couple other uh, Artists that I think you might like So I just want to make sure that people realize that If you like what you're getting now There are a bunch of other shows you might not have listened to uh In our catalog That I think you'll get a big kick out of But let's
1: Ain't nothing but a how Dog
0: If you notice I didn't have you rapping this episode for a reason
1: Crying all the time Ain't nothing but a how No.
0: What is wrong with you? (laughs) Okay, I'm going to start off just like I do the other rock and roll shows with um, my little preamble of just because I say what I'm going to say doesn't mean I 100% believe that this is what it is. Now, I will say that in a lot of these things, there are some very compelling facts. But everybody has to make up their own decisions on what they think. I would be willing to bet most of you have probably never heard any of this before, and it's going to be the immediate assumption that I'm full of shit, which I am, but it has nothing to do with this story. <laughs> and because I know so many people are addicted to Elvis and what they think he stands for, that there's probably going to be some people over the age of 50 which I don't think anybody over the age of 50 listens to podcasts. Well, I'm going to have to worry about it, but for the most part, I think there's going to be a lot of people that's going to be like, Oh my God, this is sacrilege. I can't believe you're talking about this. But for that reason, I've got a lot of proof of what I'm saying to back up what I'm saying. doesn't mean that devil is Elvis and vice versa and all that stuff. I'm just telling you what other people that were close to him said, what's in books. And I'm going to give you all that background. So, Let's get into Elvis Presley. Boom, boom, boom. Treat me like a fool. We'd have better special effects if. Uh,
1: don't if we could be it. hating. Hey, don't don't hate us for what we're about to say. I don't even know what he's about to say. So don't
0: no, trust me. She don't like every other story. She. I probably have
1: later. to might have to slap him upside the head a couple times. So.
0: All right. So Elvis, like no other artist before, and, and you know, really since. Has had the ability to work an audience into, you know, I guess a tizzy, mm-hmm. so to speak. Now, Elvis later in life admitted that, that he had powers that he had over his audience and was basically said it was something that came from the spirit world. So he, he didn't want to take credit for the, the power he had over the audience. He said that the spirit actually gave him that power. Now, he used to hear a voice when he was little. Guiding him all the way through his life. And he always assumed that it was his brother, Jesse, who died at birth. Because Elvis had a twin brother.
1: Get Just, out of here. I didn't know that.
0: Yeah. Jesse was his twin. oh So his twin died at birth. Now, he later admitted that that he was used by a hierarchy of spirits. Now, keep in mind, these are Elvis's words, not mine, and some of Ninja's. Yeah, Ninja. Quit barking. We're Dang. trying to do a show. Rude. Now his friend Larry Geller, who was actually he was also the, his hairstylist.
1: Oh. yeah, he
0: traveled with him, and he I mean he spent many hours with Elvis. So Larry Geller wrote a book, and he said that that Elvis believed that he was under the uh, the A.G. of these masters, and that they had helped him through life. And once again, not, you had Elvis mentioning stuff before. Now you got this Geller guy in his book saying that Elvis told him that he felt like that he was under these masters that are basically guiding him. Elvis said that he always felt that there was an unseen hand behind him. Now, he said, I heard that voice. This is Elvis speaking. He says, I heard that voice and thought it was my brother. That's what I thought. I heard this guidance guiding me all my life. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm doing this. This didn't just happen. This wasn't mere happenstance. And this is from Larry Geller's book, um, If I Can Dream. So you guys can look that up if you'd like yes. to. Now, author Gary Herman, he wrote a book called Rock and Roll Babylon. He said in his book that Elvis recognized the devil part, devil's part in his success. Now, those of you who know anything about Elvis will know about the Memphis Mafia. The Memphis Mafia was five people that were Elvis's bodyguards, and, and they were his confidants, because Elvis really didn't go out and do stuff. He mm-hmm. could, really couldn't. He was so popular, he really couldn't go out in public, so he just pretty much stayed around these five guys. But you got some of these guys have been very vocal when they came out. Now, Red West was actually his closest friend and his number one confidant. And Red said that Elvis likes to be in control. He likes to be a godlike figure. For many years, with real seriousness, he called us his disciples. Wow. Wow. Now, Red West went on to say that Elvis possessed some kind of special powers, something like a psychic power. Elvis proved it to him time and time again. Now, Sonny West is actually Red's cousin, and he was another one of these guys that was right there. He said that Elvis genuinely believed that he was a prophet and that we were his disciples. He certainly had a power over us. He certainly had a control over me. I admit it. I mean, he had me going where I was making phone calls about getting Mike Stone hit. I'm not a killer.
1: You mean you put a hit out on this guy?
0: Yeah, I got him Mike Stone. I'm not sure who Mike Stone is, but he was apparently somebody that Elvis thought was tearing his family up, which you'll hear a little more about in a little bit. But, you know, Elvis, according to them, Elvis had actually plotted to kill a number of people.
1: Well, that's not nice.
0: Yeah, this is Elvis uh, singing all the Christian songs. And, yeah. not, and his closest friends are all in agreement that he was plotting to kill people and everything else. I want you to, because I don't want everybody to just take my word for what's being said. So I'm going to play a, a few little snippets for some people. But this is actually uh, Sonny talking about that situation right there where Elvis plotting to kill Mike Stone. Elvis sat down and he said, Sonny, get
1: down, get out." So I was at the foot of the bed and I got down on my knees come here. And he put his hands out. And I took his hands and he said, Look at me, look at me, man. And I I started looking at him. He was trying to give me suggestion by concentrating on, you gotta kill him, Sonny. You gotta do it, man. You gotta do it. He's breaking up my family. Very low key. And I'm fighting, No, 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 Elvis. He said, Sonny, you can do it. Elvis jumped up, went in and got this assault rifle. I think it was an AK forty seven or something, and he came out, or either Thompson machine guns, one of the two, and he
0: came out and put it in my hand. I said, Sonny, go kill Mike Stone. Do it for me. Go kill him. Now, that's speaks volumes. I mean
1: Yeah. I don't I don't know what to say about that. It's a little disheartening, I must say.
0: So Elvis is known for his Christian hymns and and you know people really got into a lot of I mean, I know like my dad, he would rather hear the, the Christian stuff than he would the, the rock and roll stuff. And that was the, you know, people perceived that he's just a Christian. And, you know, he may in some way be, but there's a lot of testimony here that states otherwise. Now, Larry Geller wrote, we talked about Larry in his book, that he didn't think, that Elvis didn't think that Jesus was the only begotten son of God. He thought that all people had Christ in them and that they all had the same potential. He said Elvis's conception of Jesus differed from what the Jesus depicted by modern Christians. Hmm. So in, in his words, he basically thought that Jesus, Elvis felt like that, that, you know, Jesus was existed, but he wasn't the only son of God. He was just somebody great that we all had the power to be if we wanted to be. And most people will tell you that's probably not the case. Now, according to Elvis, his former disciples, whenever he mentioned Jesus, he would say, now, Jesus, he was getting it on with Mary, Mary Magdalene, Magdalene. It ain't in the Bible, but it's true. She got stoned, but Jesus took care of her, and, and he traveled around a lot together. And that was from a book called Elvis, What Happened? Once again, not just hearsay. These are actually in books that you can actually go read if you want to. Albert Goldman, in his book, The Last 24 Hours of, of Elvis, said regarding his Christian music that essentially Elvis was a phony and that he famed piety. So he didn't really, he thought it was just a bunch of BS, so to speak. David Stanley, who most people have probably never heard of, is Elvis's stepbrother. And he said that Elvis sat him down and said, David, I know who Jesus Christ is. I know who he is. But who am I? It's kind of a strange conversation to have a little bit
1: yeah that's like really random
0: but david claims that he saw elvis performing several miracles and he actually said performing several miracles even changing the weather now i'm gonna let david tell you this story because he'll tell it way better than i did and he supposedly was there
1: thunder and lightning and hailing one of those huge huge storms and Elvis says, man, I'm sick of this. We couldn't even see our hands in front of our faces. And he said, I'll take care of it. So he rolls back to sunroof. The rain is coming in on us and everything. He took his hands and he went like this. And, and God is my witness. The only reason I believe it is because I was there. He went like this. And it was like the whole thing split down the middle.
0: Pouring down rain on
1: one side, pouring down rain on the other side. And it looked like the yellow brick road in the middle. Sun beams on the road all the
0: way down the yeah. middle. So what you think about that, Miss Tracy? Um.
1: I think his stepbrother's a crackhead.
0: <laughs> well, he's not the only person that told that story. There was other people in the limousine that actually told the story. He's just the only one that I actually had on tape.
1: Hmm.
0: So Larry Geller, we talked about him. He says Elvis' hairdresser and stuff. He admitted that Elvis named his gospel group The Voice after an occult magazine the New Age Voice. And we've talked about New Age on here before. We talked about it with the um, uh, Masonics. And we talked about it with, um, Aleister Crowley. Keep in mind the New Age movement is basically the movement where, um, you'll hear about the Illuminati and, and people discussing that. The New Age movement is basically where you have a group of families that control the whole world and the banks, which that's the basics of it. But, you know, the, the ever seeing eye, of Satan that you see on the money and and all that, all that all ties into the new world order and new world order basically is uh, more of a satanic, you know, let's switch everything over from where it's been God's world for years and years and years, switching that over to a new way of believing. That's what the new world order is. So you'll hear some more comments on Elvis later on, on the new world order, but in his book, He showed how Elvis was uh, so influenced by the occultic masters of India that he even had his wardrobe designed to imitate these guys. So all the fancy jumpsuits with the big collars and all that, that's what these guys in India that were the masters of, of some of this stuff that Elvis really got into, that's how they dressed and that's how his flashy big jumpsuits came to be. They were made to imitate these, basically these masters over in India.
1: But I got a scarf.
0: Well, your scarf wasn't from the real Elvis. It was from an Elvis impersonator. Oh. So, sorry to burst your bubble. Now, in Elvis's mind, he was being directed divinely by the Brotherhood of Masters and Illuminated Beings, And that's straight from his mouth. Enlightened entities have existed ever since time immemorial. And he truly felt he was chosen to be here now as a modern day savior of Christ. that's from Larry Geller from his book mm-hmm. but that came straight from Elvis to Larry now Larry, like I said was uh, Larry was on tour for Elvis with Elvis for something like fifteen years. Mm-hmm. every concert, two or three shows a day. he was his hairdresser he even did Elvis's hair when he died. He went to the mortuary and and did his hair up there
1: well I mean, if he has all these miracles, why did he die?
0: How can he save himself? That's a good question. But most people will tell you that if you sign a pact, or if you're here, I mean, look at all these other people that supposedly have have had Satan or the occult and what their their uh, riches and fortune have been. You got Kurt Cobain. You've got Jimi Hendrix. You've got all these people, and Robert Johnson. All these people died early ages. I mean, that's the whole thing. You're going to get your fame and your fortune, but you're not going to live very long. I mean, so if, in fact, that's what was going on here, you know, you, you're you not going to be able to fix it. You might be able to, you know, heal somebody's kid or something. That don't mean you're going to be able to heal yourself. I mean, yeah. I mean, let's look at Jesus. I mean, if you believe in the whole aspect of Jesus, Jesus was in his 30s when he was crucified. Yeah. Yeah, he rose from the dead, but it didn't keep him from being crucified.
1: Yeah. True so, story.
0: And. It's odd that this is going to be coming out on Easter. Yeah. So go figure. But they said that – uh Geller said that he saw hundreds of concert goers carrying their sick and crippled kids up to Elvis. They would rush up to him on stage and just, like, beg him to touch their kids, touch hmm. their babies. Because they really – and there's people – there's some interviews with people out there that actually believe that Elvis could heal the sick. They would say almost like it was you're talking about God or Jesus or whatever you believe in. There's people out there actually saying, "Well, if you believe in Elvis, he can help you know heal the sick." And I mean that's the kind of magnitude that he had people, you know, under. You know, Elvis was a disciple, and this is this is going to kind of freak you out a little bit. He was a disciple of Helena Blatsky. Now, a lot of people might not have heard of her, but she was an Aryan race, um, I guess, philosoph- philosophizer. Is that a word?
1: I don't know. It don't sound right. Philosoph- what is it?
0: I don't know. Philosophizer? Philosopher? Yeah. How about that? She's a yeah. philosopher.
1: What the heck? <laughs> I was thinking <laughs> a philosopher
0: was those things that you eat in the Middle East, but that's a falafel. Funny
1: She's you a falafelizer. But anyway- well, you just made up a new word. I guess you could use it.
0: But anyway- uh, you might not have heard of her, but she kind of influenced some people, mm-hmm. uh, one of which was Adolf Hitler. Oh, that's So nice. everything that he did with the Holocaust and all that basically came from her teachings. The first published swastika was in her book. Um, so that's kind of where that came from. Her book was called The Secret Doctrine, and Adolf Hitler used to keep a copy of it on his nightstand. Get out. Yep.
1: She needs punched in her face.
0: But that's what she was into. Well, Aleister Crowley said that Blatsky and he were one. So, what does that tell you? He loved her. They were fantastic. Now, her book, she said that Satan is the angel who was proud enough to believe himself God, brave enough to buy his independence at the price of eternal suffering and torture. But she thought that was a good thing. He was brave enough to do that. That was nice of him. Satan is the serpent of Genesis, and he is the real creator of benefactor. And benefactor of the death of spiritual mankind, and he who was the first to whisper in the day we eat, therefore ye shall be as Elohim, knowing good and evil can only be regarded in the light of the Savior. Now she also taught that Satan, Lucifer, the tempter, that they are the redeemers, the liberators, and the saviors. So she was, you know. She's all in she's all in on this evil stuff. No kidding. Now Elvis claimed that his mission was to use his name and his influence to initiate people into a spiritual world of which he was being used. He claimed that his voice was using him as a channel to reach millions of people through the universal language of music. That was his thought. So Elvis almost always had Blatsky's book Voice of Silence um, on hand and matter of fact he would stop during the shows he would stop and would start reading bits and pieces out of this book to the audience one night at the Riviera Hotel in, in Vegas he insisted that Don Rickles, God rest his soul yes, rest in away, peace. Don Rickles would read passages from it uh, and that's from the book Elvis What Happens which is kind of odd because remember Don Rickles is Jewish yeah. So you know how odd it would be to oh, have yeah. him reading these anti-Semitic quotes mm. about the Aryan nation and what have you uh, from this book. So Elvis declared that someday in the near future, we will see how this so-called minister of gods react as they see their worn-out ways of the whole old age start collapsing and falling around them. They'll all get theirs, and I can't wait till this new age comes. Once again... Referring to the new age, which is different than the old age, the old ages of God and the new ages of Satan. Now, this is kind of an odd little little bit. When Elvis died, of course, most people know that he died on the toilet. What? Okay, obviously, you don't know that.
1: Well, I did not know that. Yeah,
0: he died on the toilet.
1: Well, how embarrassing.
0: He went in there to read a book. He couldn't sleep. His wife, uh, or not his wife, his girlfriend, Linda Thompson, she kind of, he was tossing a turn and he said, look, I can't get any sleep. I'm going to go in here sit and sit on the john, and I'm going to sit on the toilet and I am going to read. He took a book in there called sex and psychic energy. That's what he was reading. He was reading even stuff about this on a toilet as he died. And Elvis was obsessed with death. He was so obsessed that, that he and his former disciples, as we'll call them, admitted that he would take them out to graveyards and to visit funeral homes as late as 3 a.m. in the morning, and they would wander around slabs and look at all the embalmed bodies. That is so weird. He was a nutcase.
1: Now I'm sad.
0: So that is what I've got on Elvis. So, like I said, I know, uh, My friend in in Australia would be very happy because he's written several times and said, hey, you've uh, said something about Elvis. Are you going to do the story or not? And uh, we did. So I hope this makes you happy. Or maybe now you're going to be like, I wish I had done that damn story on Elvis.
1: I know, because I'm, like, sad now. Because I just would never in a million years think that about him, ever. I mean, how can you be so fine with them juicy, luscious lips?
0: Well, I don't think that um – I don't think if Satan was going to put somebody here on Earth uh, to try to manipulate millions, that he's going to make somebody ugly. I mean, probably Mm. his looks and his gyrating, as you put it, and all that, probably all tied in together.
1: I told you my dad was in the army with him, didn't I? No, you did not. (gasps) I didn't tell you? No. No, that's a true story. Dad was like two barracks down from him or something when when they were in the army together.
0: Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah cause I knew your dad was in Germany.
1: hmm Yeah. I know. It's pretty cool. I don't know. He said he had pictures of him, but um, Lord only knows where those are. But yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Well. I had those stamps of Elvis's. Remember the Elvis stamps?
0: <laughs> yeah. As long as they weren't Grateful Dead stamps, you don't want to lick those.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no. And then what else?
0: Uh, I know I we know. we skipped it last week, so we can touch about it this week about how you accidentally brushed your teeth with uh, <gasps> antifungal cream.
1: Oh my God! Seriously, why do you have to tell that story?
0: <laughs> well, I'll let you tell it if you'd like.
1: Well, it was well, I was just you know brushing my teeth and like going to town, and I'm like, wait, why isn't this toothpaste foamy? <laughs> and then I was like, wait, why is this toothpaste minty? <laughs> and I look down, and what the hell? <laughs> I picked up the antifungal cream, and I was just going to town on my teeth. <sighs> and it don't taste good, let me tell you folks, so don't try it.
0: But her gums haven't itched since. So. No, they
1: have not itched. <laughs> no, they have not itched. But yeah, that was pretty nasty, so I make sure I put that in the drawer where it belongs so I don't make that mistake again. And
0: then she comes after to me for, with a kiss. I did. And I'm like, what's your mouth all puckered up for? It wasn't hemorrhoid cream. <laughs>
1: Well, I just wanted to share, so your teeth ain't itchy either.
0: Yeah, I don't need those kind of sharing. Friends like you who needs enemas.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's good.
0: (laughs) That's not. Um,
1: Thank God I didn't use hemorrhoid or anything like that. That would have been really bad.
0: (laughs) Your gums would have been all been receding. Your teeth would have been falling out.
1: (laughs) I ew, that's like a nightmare I have. But anyway, that's not getting. I bet you I have that nightmare now tonight, thinking about my teeth falling out. That's what happens when you work in a dental office, folks. Mm. The Uh, never-ending floss. You
0: would think someone who works at a dental office would know how to pick up toothpaste.
1: Well, this is very true, but I was in a hurry, and I wasn't paying attention, so so that's what you go.
0: Well, guys, we hope you enjoyed these three stories. Like I said, next week um really cool the guys from don't break the the oath podcast and we're gonna be talking about Rendlesham Forest and I think you guys are gonna love that I don't do UFO stories as a rule because I'm to be honest with you I'm not fascinated by them Roswell the uh um Hopkinsville goblins that we we I don't think we we did that one a while back signs (laughs) Sounds just, <laughs> sound just not real.
1: Um,
0: ET's not real either. Oh,
1: now if the aliens look like that or whatever, like ET. I'd be all for it.
0: But, um, but you know, we love, we love some of these stories and and this is one of them. This is I think this is the most fascinating out of all the UFO stories and that's why we're doing that one instead of Roswell or ahead of Roswell. And like I said, the guys from Don't Break the Oath, this is over in their neck of the woods. So I think it'll be cool to be able to get our insight on it and turn around and get their insight on it. And like I said, if you guys have suggestions on shows, feel free to write us. Make sure you get on uh Twitter. It's Hillbilly Horror on Twitter. I need more followers. And also our Facebook page, we have you know a bunch of new new um, likes on there every single week, and we appreciate it. And you guys have seen that you get to interact with us and make comments, and we respond back to comments, and it's cool. We get we're getting a bunch of, of cool show ideas, and we appreciate you guys for reaching out because we don't know about some of these things unless somebody points them out to us. Somebody pointed out um, Ohio University today. We're right there by you know the state of Ohio where we live. And hell, I'm, I'm over in Ohio two or three days a week and I knew nothing about this. And I've had a couple of people send some suggestions from Ohio and actually they're in one of the cities that I go to on a regular basis. There's a story and I didn't know anything about it. And actually history goes bump actually to the story. They were telling me about it on this, something to do with a sheep or something in Monroe, which is, you know, like I said, it's right there by where I go. So it's, it's kind of cool. Like I said, to find out new things and we find out when you tell us stuff and we're very appreciative of that.
1: You sure that sheep wasn't a Kentucky story somehow?
0: No, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> West Virginia. I don't, I don't even know if we got any West Virginia listeners to so I don't I know, I can, but come on, y'all. We do, because we got Parkersburg. Um, oh, Parkinson's. What par- is it? Parkersburg, not Parker- Parkinson's. No,
1: I wasn't going to say Parkinson's. <laughs> That's where Michael
0: J. Fox lives.
1: Parkinson's. <laughs> <Stop.
0: laughs> uh, okay. Well, <laughs> before we go. Wait, wait,
1: what did you say, Parkers- Parkersburg? Parkersburg. Parkersburg.
0: All right. We're going to get out of here before I say something that's really going to get us in trouble because I'm in one of those moods. I'm giddy. I've had about eight hours sleep the entire week and have driven probably 16 hours this week. So,
1: Don't be um, a puss.
0: uh, Whatever. Anyway, thank you guys so much, and we'll see you. Everybody have a good happy Easter. That's when this is going to be released. Of course, by the time you hear this, Easter will be over.
1: Yeah. Happy uh, Easter, (laughs) Bok Bok. Don't go in a chocolate coma.
0: No. Don't don't.
1: eat too many of those eggs. And I'm praying for that, dear Lord Jesus,
0: please. That reminds me of a story that when Jesus was on the cross, he looked down upon his disciples and he said, don't eat my chocolate. I'll be back in three days. You are dumb. I could do other ones.
1: No, you will not. (laughs) Stop it.
0: Okay. Anyways, we love you guys. Thank you so much. Give us some iTunes reviews. We appreciate it.
1: Yeah, we appreciate you guys so much. And again, have a happy Easter and remember to love one another.
0: Later.